Hey guys, Dan here. Just wanted to say a quick thank you for supporting the podcast. And if you'd like to advertise your business on the podcast in a slot just like this, please contact me at fisticuffs underscore podcast on Instagram. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the podcast. <laughs> How's it going, man? You all good? Yeah, I'm good. Sorry about this yesterday. It's all good, man. It's all good. How was um, uh, Ramadan and everything? It's all good? Good, good. It's finished now. Like, it was, it was hard, hard month, you know. So how was training in Ramadan? Could you still get anything in? Yes, I was still, still like, uh, still training in the morning twice, seven o'clock and ten o'clock. So it's like, and then like sleep from twelve till six and uh, recovering good, you know. Well, that's something I really wanted to sort of touch on is like being a full-time athlete and also having you know religious commitments and other sort of commitments that way how do you find out with like camps and stuff do you plan around it do you leave that gap out for training what do you normally do when it comes to ramadan um i still still like i, I drink a lot of not a lot night time so I'm, I'm 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 hydrated you know so it's like uh, so it's i feel good you know so when you have fights in the past, so say you're mm-hmm. doing the IMAF, for example, does that ever fall yes. on Ramadan? Does that ever come around the same time? Never, never. It's only like exactly the same time every year, like this time of the year. That's not too bad then. So like Euro- European Championships last year was IMAF was actually was on only World Championships like it's separate. What European Championship was like one week. It's like, for example, next week is European Championships. Well, was. <laughs> not not yeah. at the minute. How is your training at the minute with um lockdown? Are you getting much in right now? Yeah, yes, I, I train like morning, night. And I feel good, you know, like I, I just do it personal, personal, you know, just one to one. I feel I feel much stronger. I'm ready for professional my debut, maybe in three weeks. Three weeks? What show are you going to fight in three weeks? There's Brave FC in Sweden. I didn't realise they're still doing like shows like behind closed doors and stuff. How are you going to get to Sweden? Yes. The flight's still running. Hey, if if flights fights, are, I was t- still working while the lockdown was on. Oh, shit. Oh, that's sick. Yes, so... flights always on. It's the problem to come back to the country. So I don't want to come back. I'm going to Thailand after that. So if the fight gets accepted. Well, that was something else I really wanted to sort of touch on because you spend a lot of time in Thailand when you're training. How come you started training over there in the first place? It's just um, good good training partners like around the world. There's a lot of training partners, and uh, it's it's just 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 the good good come good weather, good food, like healthy. Sorry, the um, signal keeps cutting out. So with um, your training, how come you first went to Thailand? Was that somewhere you started with or is that somewhere someone told you to go to? How did you find out about training in Thailand? Uh, how I did find out about... I, I, I watch a lot of, you know, the, the the winner gets like picked for like one year, like a scholarship, you know, in Thailand. Oh, yeah, the... Um, uh, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I can't think what it's called. Yeah, Trials. Yeah, Charles, that's one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I watch a lot of this, and my strength and, con- strength and condition coach Woody, he's the head coach of um, 
like strength condition in Thailand, but he's from UK originally, you know, from Chester. So he 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 like sent me there. So I went there, and then since then I just like three times in one year I've been there. You know? Yeah. I'm surprised you don't live out there the amount of time you're spending training out there. So talk to me about your competition then. 23 and 0. How do you feel having that kind of record? Like, do you ever think about it when it comes to your fights? Do you ever worry about keeping that record, or is it every fight is important? How do you think about having that record? Listen, every every fight is important, but I don't have this thing like, yo, I have to keep this keep this record very like, I have to keep the zero. I fight I fight against anyone, anyone. But the problem is to 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 not to keep that zero is how you prepare. That's how confident you feel. If you prepare good, you you have good training, have good sleep, good food. Of course, you 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 ready like. Only, only, only one thing left is psychology, and I think the, how you prepare that's how you fight. So, with your fight camps, how do they get planned? Is it something you do yourself, or does your coach help plan your camp? How do you do your camps? For amateur fights, like some fights we planned, some fights we didn't. Like some fights, are, like first time world championships, I got injured, my ankle popped out. Ooh. So I still went there like two weeks before. So it's like, it's most of my coaches like said it's up to you to go or not. Well, all coaches believing in me. Uh, we plan out good fight. You know, all guys, 23 guys, I thought they all know I'm gonna wrestle, and nothing helped them. You know. Mm. So how did you find MMA in the first place? before you started training? Hmm. If you start wrestling uh, wrestling and then I didn't find any like competition in UK for wrestling because it's like it's, it's not high level in UK. So I'm, I moved I win like two three time British championships that time and then uh, I moved I moved to Jiu to did like a lot of grappling tournaments winning, losing, uh, every, everything could could happen. What possible happening in tournaments, everything happening in grappling tournaments. Then I beat many MMA fighters that like pro professional level when I was like white belt, you know, like I was jumping to blue belts, purple belts, competed against anybody, you know, to get that experience. Didn't care, I win, lose, like I just get that experience. And then I was thinking, why should I do MMA? Now that's interesting as well because as much as you start with jujitsu and you have like a lot of success and you enjoy that process of you know it doesn't matter it's experience it's fun you get stuck in it's interesting that you then went to something else so how did you treat mma did you treat it the same kind of mindset or was it different did you treat it you know the same kind of way i think mma is more suitable for me because i'm like i'm, I'm aggressive style of fighter you know, in jiu-jitsu, sometimes I have to, like, take it easy on guys because you can't slam these guys. You can't, like, do some crazy moves. You can't do flying, like, arm bars. So I'm, I'm like, I was too dangerous, I think, for grappling. So that's what, that's what I thought. I need something to step up. So yeah. regards of your grappling in the first place, obviously that's, like, the fundamental, uh, one of the biggest parts of your game currently as well. 
how have you found i don't know developing other areas when this is such a strong part of your game do you spend a lot of time striking in itself or is it more time spent working on what you're really good at no no you know what i'm already good at i just keep it like a sharp i don't i don't go what i'm good at in the gym i'm going what i'm, I'm not good at what i'm not best like uh, it's it's easy to work on your like strength but it's hard to work on your weaknesses you know just work work on striking and stuff I, you know many people think my striking is is very bad because i wrestle a lot but how many people catch me you know how many people drop me if if they all say like my striking isn't good or this and that but why why these guys 23 guys still still been drop me you know like good so did i work on all areas not just wrestling and grappling um, well, well definitely it's good that you've got that mindset as well to try and work on other areas and that again if if it works in all these 23 fights they can't be that bad can it <laughs> with um eye mouth tournaments quick question for you with this obviously the structure of imaf if you have so many back-to-back -back fights how do you train like for that in the first place because obviously that kind of damage and everything else and also the weight like did you cut a lot of weight for imaf not much like um, well it's that weight you have to cut with with diet not like water mm. if you water cut like in one day five kilogram you wake up you fight, you win this fight, but next day you're not gonna make weight. You have to lose this, this like fat, not like uh, water. You have to eat like calorie, counting calorie for like two move ahead of the tournament. It's not easy. This is not easy. Professional weight cut easier than this I'm off. That's why I'm off made this so people don't cut weight. And people still do, but uh, it's more safer now. And the, the tournaments is like you have to you have to be smart you have to be smart because this like you fight every day you cannot go 100 percent of on like first fights you have to save up for the final that's that's what i was doing so when you say save up how do you mean with that so obviously when you have your first match obviously every match is important how what point would you try and hold back would you try and get position and then just work from there or would you try and finish it as soon as possible what were you thinking of trying to save that energy well don't go crazy you know don't go like try to knock him out or try to finish him if if there's a finish you finish but if there's no don't try you know don't go in a risk risky positions because if you get injured if you injure like knee, shoulder, in the morning, like six o'clock in the morning, there's veins and medicals. They make you do like push-ups, squats, and like the touching every part. Like it's like if you go something popped out or you got dropped the day before, you're not allowed to fight. Yeah, sure. you're not allowed to fight. But that is good though, like as, as bad as it is for the fighters for their own competition, it's good that they care that much about the safety, especially at that kind of level. And again, it's interesting how much you have to, I don't know, almost game plan around that, about trying not to take that kind of damage, trying not to put yourself in those positions. So, regards mm -hmm. of like before the fights, 
what do you do regards to the warm-up do you have like a sort of same routine every time or is it like a see how you feel on the day how do you normally have your before fights sort of time um do you mean warm like warm up area yeah warm up area like the nervous energy before yes. you fight my warm my warm up is like crazy some people think i'm i'm, I'm on something so I, I get like tested every i must tournament I, I do like warm up like one and a half hour maybe two hour you know i arrive there i make like crazy warm up people think i'm crazy but you know, I feel good. Some people doing warm up like maximum 30 minutes, one hour. I do like one hour, two hours, one half hour, two hours. So it's like it's like a session. I sweat more than in 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 changing rooms than actually fights. Well, so what are you doing in your warm up then? Is it like a whole? Talk me through your warm up. What's that oh, you do? This, if if I don't know if if person sees it, they they think I'm not normal. I don't know. I don't know. It's, Every I I have to feel every bit of muscle every 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 aspect you know like every dot of my body I, I have to feel it I cannot just like feel feel my shoulder because I'm gonna punch I have to feel like everything yeah. and you know when I I'm in a cage I feel like uh, I never feel like when I'm in a cage in my life like walk around how much energy I get when I walk into the cage like I probably can't even describe. Like, I get some special energy. So, with the warm-up then, is it the same every time? Or is it just the same kind of idea every yes. time? No, no, it's exactly the same every time. For 23 fights like this. I mean, it can't be that bad then if it works my, every time. Yes, and my coaches doesn't, doesn't like, go crazy at me because they know I understand my own body. It's uh, my my coach starts to understand. For everyone, is different, you know. For everyone is is different. I've got I'm I'm a wrestler, you know. Be, be before matches, in tournaments, wrestling, we warm up like exactly the same, like one and a half hour, two hour, massage, and uh, yes, it's a problem for wrestlers, like for uh, triangles, for guillotines, for armbars, wrestlers, curve wrestlers. But I was competing in jiu-jitsu, so in gi and no gi, like yeah, most of most of the time, like for two, three years, I did every weekend tournaments. If you know, be a jiu-jitsu twenty-four-seven mm. tournament, you know. Yeah, I did them. Yes, and and then Empire for like for two, three years, I did. Like every weekend, wherever it's possible, doing gi, no gi, my my division, like junior division and senior division, I got like three five medals in in one day, you know, and and so I know every every opponent's body, how they feel for before even they do move, I know like I had got so much experience, so I don't feel like in MMA any danger to me. Well, this is really interesting as well, is like you said earlier about your experiences and how you use that time to, no matter who it was, this is where you had your problem solving. You're like, okay, I do that, that happens. I do this, this happens, that kind of idea already. So when it came to that wrestling to grappling kind of transition, 
you sort of figured it out there. But regards of getting the striking involved, did you have that kind of process in a different way or was that just straight from training itself? How did you get that striking development? Striking, I've been doing exactly the same time as, as grappling, but I didn't compete like in striking much. I did some boxing intercourse. I, I was competing back in Dagestan in karate. I did uh, boxing, like white collar, about six, seven fights. So I had not as much uh, boxing fights or striking fights than uh, grappling. So it's safer, you know, the grappling. Why, why should I strike with, with, with anyone? I, I know I smash these guys on the ground. Why not do a safer way? If they're good grapplers, I will strike with them, you know. Okay. I have to, like, tactically, tactically. Sorry, it's a bit of delay. I don't mean to interrupt you when I talk. But yeah, um, it's interesting having that kind of understanding that I have this. I don't need to prove to anyone. I'm going to win the best way in the smart way. I don't need to. Yeah. If you stand there with your hands down saying I can bang, what's the? <laughs> who's that for? Uh, I, I don't have to prove anybody. People used to used to tell me I'm boring fighter. That was like back in when I had four five fights. And now I'm... Um, more people actually watching my fights than some strikers. So maybe they're waiting for me to lose or or they, they actually want to see some suplexes, you know. I talk to a crowd, I talk, I make the show. No matter how I wrestle or what I do, I make the show. And again, whether they're watching to see you go, see you win or see you lose, you're still watching, it's still numbers. It's all... Um... Yes, of course. Exactly. So how do you feel when it comes to being in that moment in front of people? Do you feel that pressure? Do you ignore it? Do you build from it? How do you feel? I feel like energy. The more people in the crowd, the more energy I feel. The less people in the crowd, I, don't, I, just, I just don't feel anything because uh, the, like I'm a tournament, there's like countries against countries and England is like one of the biggest teams. So... Also, there's like the Russia team, there's Bahrain team, and everybody's behind me, you know. If I fight like Mexican guy or I fight like guy from like Kazakhstan or I fight, it's definitely crowd not, not going to be on this side. So, it's, I, I don't feel like, I think public loves me, don't matter where I fight, public loves me. So, I don't feel any pressure. Mr. Worldwide. Well, yeah, but I don't know if I fight in Brazil, maybe they shout this, what they think usually, you know, you're going to die or what. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, regards of your current training now, like training mm -hmm. under Dean Garnett and um, Aspire, how do you find mm -hmm. changing gyms with different coaches, obviously having your record and having your success, how do you find different influences to change your game? Do you feel, I don't know, New people, do you feel like you need to change anything or you're open to change? For now, I have like best team in the world. You know, I train at KHK, I represent KHK Bahrain, uh, like a gym. They're the, the, the uh, Prince of Bahrain's gym, I represent. But in UK, I train at Aspire, I train at City of Manchester Wrestling Club. I, I go around all gyms in UK. What what I like about Dean, Dean is like, uh, I, moved, I moved to Dean when I was like seven, you know. Six and you know, when when I beat like uh, Liam Gittins, if you know, hmm. uh, you maybe know professional cage warriors fighter. 
Yeah, I think so. It was a while ago. I think it was 2016, was it? 2017? 2016. Yeah. Is, uh, I beat him and then I, I moved to this gym uh, as player. And the, the, the thing I like about him, this guy, uh, he let you go anywhere. He let you go to other gyms. Make, he makes sure that I'm working what we planned. So it don't matter if I train like in Manchester, but what he told me what I need to practice, I work. Because he's he see you from the other side, you know, he's he's, he's game for a long time. So he know he, he see me at every tournament. He's so many fights like since seven seven and all, six and all, like he cornered me every fight so he knows what I need to work on and stuff. So he he's not like a political, you know, like don't go to that gym, don't go to other gym. Like the other coach I had in, in Wigan, you know, uh, Mike Grundy, if you know. Yeah, he's okay. like you, 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 yes, you can go to that gym. And then when I went to other gym, the, the wrestling club in, in Manchester, he's, he's seen the picture with like Jim Garnett, you know? Hmm. And, and he's like, you can't come to our gym anymore. What do you mean? Hey, what do you mean I can't come? You know, it's like uh, this this kind of mindset, but it makes you as a coach, make you as a coach like weak. Not even as a coach, as a, as a human. But it makes you weak. Because you don't have, uh, it means like if they go somewhere and then, then they don't come back to you, then you don't, it means you, you're no good. You, you, you're afraid. You're afraid, you know. And I, I know 100% this. You know, he, um, um, don't know this word, but he, he feel, he feel bad that he, he made that mistake. 100% because when I left this gym, there's about 10 talented, very talented kids. It's like you probably can name them. Like uh, they, they, they're going to IMF. They're going to like represent England like in BJJ in wrestling. 10 talented kids left that gym. And, and, and it's the same situation as me. But now it's like who they have. So that's why coach never should make that mistake. Never. Don't matter. It's like you have to believe in your guy. You have to make him improve. Not just like if you, if you, you know, in boxing, in level one course, if you take your athlete to one level, and you you know as a coach you cannot make him better, you must send him to other gym. That's in level one course qualification in boxing. If you read it, but some people don't understand this. I remember when yes. I had um, Dean Garnett on, he was very strong on that belief that you don't, mm-hmm. you, that membership is all that is. You have the right to go wherever you want and try and expand in that kind of way. And again, different people have different philosophies on it. Some places are very much, this is my team, you're either here or you're not. And some places are like, you train wherever you want, it's up to you. And again, I guess works with certain people, works for different people, but it's interesting that Dean's been so supportive on that side of things because again, obviously you training out in Thailand and other places, it certainly mm-hmm. helps having a home there where there's no pressure, there's no kind of tension or stuff. It's good to know that. Mm-hmm. So, regards of your week structure, say you're like in a normal fight camp, how many mm-hmm. days a week are you doing strict normal wrestling, or is it all MMA? I train every day basically, Mon- uh, from morning, morning and night. Like two hours morning, two hours night, and uh, straight wrestling. I have three times a week, 
straight ballistic two two times technique one day is just one one day of just like matches and uh, just like you take new partner you stay in the middle and win the zone basically you just grind for like one hour you know so and then we have like mma setups to take down take down to set up striking you know the uh strike on the ground to make a move to make mistake to some beat him it's like lots of lots of strike you know to make a mistake and then take him down there's lots of things to be work on like very smart smart camp well this is a really interesting style of your game and i know yeah. you probably hear this all the time but khabib <laughs> how much of an influence has he been on your style and your kind of I don't know, the grinding trap and, you know, that horrible, suffocating style. Yes, Habib, uh, Habib is, is a great uh, role model for, for young generation. So much, not for uh, young generation, for every athlete in the world. It's like uh, this guy, these guys have so much money. Like, we, like you, you probably don't know, like many people in the world don't know how much charity he does. But he doesn't show this. I, I, I live, I'm from Dagestan, you know, mm. and I know it's Dagestan is very small. So you know, every every uh, you know, like if there's poor family, you know who supports them and everything. Uh, a couple of people know this, but Habib supports like many people, you know, and he doesn't show this on show, social media. He doesn't because it's like I, I believe in your religion. He says as well. It's like when you give your right hand, make sure your left hand don't see it. You know? Mm. Do you understand? Go on. Explain. So explain to me what you mean by that. So okay. So you know when you give charity with the right hand, yes. make sure your left hand don't see it. It means like when you do it something to someone, don't show it. Like don't show it on social media. Don't show it. It's like you do it from your heart for the sake of God, you know, and, and to help the person, not just for the pupil. You're doing for the God. You're doing for yourself to help the others. But you know, it's like in, in our religion, it says, you know, when when the person dies, and he says, like, uh, you know, I did a lot of charity. You know, God asked him, like, uh, he, he, uh, the, the person says, I, I did a lot of charity. I'm in hell, you know, and and, and God probably and, and will tell him, like, you did it for yourself. You didn't. You didn't do it for me. So you have to do it for the sake of like God, for the for the people, not just like charity. Like most people do on the, on the camera, you know, and, and all this. That's what I'm saying. When you do it with the right hand, make sure your left hand don't see it. Do you understand now? Yeah, yeah. Do it for the right reason, not for yeah, so, external reasons. So he, yeah, so, so he helps a lot of people. That's why he's a great world model. That's like makes him human champion, people's champion. Don't care if he lose build. Don't care what he do. For me, important to stay as a human. Like second of all, uh, I, ne I never liked when someone called me like Mini Habib, because it's like I, it's I'm saying like he's a great model, great athlete, everything. But I, I have my you know like my own name, you know it's like my own history, my his my my story is like different to his. You know uh, I did it everything for my with my for myself. Where his have like big family, big support, like produce, like uh, you know, big gym, big team. Where I came when I came to UK, I had nothing basic. And 
this very big story. When when I get to the, that level, you will see the difference between the stories. You know, between me and Habib. Now people don't realize, but the story is different. Yes. What's your story then compared to his? Then what's your? Uh, it's like it's. It's not like my story better or his story is better. It's just my story. It's like uh, it's like um, different, you know. It's like I'm, I was on my own from the start, where he had like, for example, father. He had like team, big team. I I came to the country like with nothing, basically like with pants and t-shirt. I said, you, you know what I mean. So that's like. Well, you will soon find out, you know, like when now I'm not in that position to talk about this too much. But when I get in that position, people will, will realize. I mean, this is certainly important when it comes yeah. to making these comparisons to still appreciate you are your own person. And yes, as much as there are similarities, yes, there are like comparative things, but you are your own person. He is his own person. You are your own yes. people. And yes. it's very important to remember that to keep your own identity and not to be mixed in with just the same kind of you 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 train MMA you're from Dagestan you are the same person no you are two different people no no <laughs> two different people that's what that's what I like that's what I like different everything different this is it yes. so regards of yeah. growing up in Dagestan then did you train much over there or did you start training when you came over when I came over I did compete like in karate a little bit but I, I never got chosen for wrestling because wrestling is very high level, they're very, very high level. Probably I couldn't even place like in the in city, you know. There's like city championship, championships, North Caucasus championships, multiple championships, then you get to like world, uh, Russian championships. So you have like five stages to get to national championship, you know. Whereas in UK, anybody can enter to national championships. That's how, how big. In, in, in UK, at the British wrestling ch championships, there's like 120 entrants, yes. And in 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 Dagestan, in one city, in one gym, there's about 300 wrestlers in one gym. In every weight category, every size, you choose yet any level. That's how big wrestling in Dagestan is. It's nothing else to do anyway, so people just go to the gym. But this is it. What are you gonna do? Play football? Just gonna gonna wrestle each other? Yeah, so. it's like UK football, rugby, and like cricket or something like this. Like instead of football pitches in Dagestan, there's a wrestling gym. There's no like much football pitches, you know. We had like a we had like football pitch, but we used to put like a stones instead of net, you know. We didn't even have a net, you know. Like different. This is interesting as well. Um, one thing I wanted to really ask you is, have you trained much with Jack Cartwright? Because obviously he's Team GB wrestler in your Manchester as well, so you're both in the same kind of area. Have you had much Never. together? Never. Never changed. Yeah. I see him in, in changing, changing rooms when I was preparing for my fight. He was opposite of my um, opposite of my match, you know, where we trained. I think he seems like a nice guy, you know. He's a good fighter. He's a very good fighter. This is what I've heard about him, that he's really nice and like, you know, he's, as much as he is a fighter and he's got the fighter persona when it comes to these things, you speak to him, apparently he's a real nice guy, really sort of gentleman sort of thing. So it's always good to have that kind of thing. And that's so important, especially like now to have this kind of respect. Because as much as trash talking gives you that name, 
it's everything else. Mm-hmm. Like then what? It's a show. It becomes WWE. This isn't WWE. This is MMA. This is fighting. This is real fighting. You have to put everything <laughs> into this. You need to have respect. You you can't just you know chat shit. Yes, to get yes. your name even she's she's my weight. You know, she's uh, my weight. She's uh, is is one of the prospects in UK. Possible fight. This happened between me and him. You know, in the future. And uh, but I see him. I I shake his hand. And. And, and even if we fight, I shake his hand. It's like it's, you have to stay human, you know. It's like it's easy to be trash talk these days, but what's not what's not easy is to keep your mouth shut these days. So you have to go for like hardest thing. Well, this is where it gets a real grey area with stuff. Is if you want to fight someone, it's always seen as disrespectful, and like just like that, you said it so like. I don't know, poetic, like, politely. It was just so like, I shake his hand if we right now. I shake his hand if we fight. I shake his hand afterwards. If we fight. We that's all that matters. It's just that kind of. It it wasn't, you know, anything. It didn't have to be anything. Whereas a lot of people take it as, oh, he called me out. He disrespects me. You know, all this kind of stuff. But no, that that's. We need a bit more of that. We need that kind of, you know, acknowledgement of each other. That's why it's. So important. Regardless yes, that kind I don't of see the call out sorry about this. I don't see call out as a disrespect. You can't call out depends how you call him out. If you say like let's fight, let's make this happen. You need to fight. You know, it's like if we all be friends in UK, um who gonna get on UC London card? Who? It's like there's too many too many friends you can't make too many friends your weight categories, you know. It's like then who are you gonna fight? You see be like you fight against them and they be like, No, we are friends. Then stay at home friends, you know. <laughs> There's no friends in the business, but res- respect is always stays there. Don't matter what. And again, it's always tricky finding that kind of grey area. Regards of your yeah. mindset and attitude to these kind of things, how have you developed that? Is that something you've had influence from the sport? Is that like a religious thing you've sort of built up, that kind of respect for one another? Whereas what has really given you this kind of respect for people in that kind of way? I think more religious side uh, because it's like most uh, most people that God don't like is people with the ego and the, I, I forgot this word. It's like when you look at from above to bottom on the people. Oh, yeah, I know, condescending people are really sort of like negative, like, you know, bullied. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's bullying, but it's like you, you, you someone give you advice and you be like, uh, you, you don't listen to this guy's advice because that guy is not in, not in that position, for example. That guy is not rich or something, you know? Mm. It's like, you know, you're listening, that's like even worse than ego. That's the uh, religious side. Oh, yeah, it's not human. On the side, from like a street, you know? I understand it's like um, many people are see shows everywhere around the world. I travel a lot. So I read the people. Now, like, I, I talk to person. I never do, like, psychology, but, like, I've learned psychology, but I, I talk to person by suggestions, uh, by the way they speak, by the way they act. I understand what is that human and how to speak to that human and how to treat that human. And also, if you, like, if you... You have to understand who you should joke with and who you shouldn't joke with. You know, this all I think comes with the experience of this thing. Many people around around the world. The more people you talk, the more more understanding the human 
Because it's like a fighting. More you grapple, more you wrestle, it's you understand his body movement when you when when in cage. That's how I think. That is really interesting. Again, you've got that cultural foundation of respecting other people and having that kind of decorum the way you hold yourself. But then again, the experience of every person's different and then figuring out yes. certain things like this as you go along. So that's really interesting. Regards of... um. Yes, also, it's uh, sorry, go on. culture, you know, like, sorry about this. Uh, also, like a culture in, in Dagestan, if you, if when the all the person comes in, in in the room, for example, you're all sitting in the kitchen, so when all the comments, you have to get, stand up, you know, shake his hand, like, uh, it's, it's respect on someone, all this, all this, like, in the room, even he's, like, one week older than me, when he's talking, Okay, we should sit quiet. It's uh, it's no matter what he says, even if he's right or wrong, he you not answering back. If if especially like if there's like lots of people and he make you like tells you don't do this, you should like accept this, you know, because all this they know better than us. That's how I think. Even like one week older, this guy still we have to like uh, culture. Or you get like slumped by that, you know. That's 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 how it happens. It yeah. is good having that kind of respect yeah. for the elders as well. This is where it's kind of lost again in Western sort of society a little bit. It's gone a bit more informal, I want to say. It's not quite the same as sort of weekly structure structure mm-hmm. research, and I feel that's where we've lost a lot of people in that sense of, I don't know. As much as we are a free community and we should be free in the same sort of way, it's good to have that kind of, I don't know, underlying respect and that kind of respect for the elders in the same kind of way so one thing i really wanted to get into as such is i don't know the sort of support and guidance you've had going forward so obviously coming to the uk at such a young age how did you find learning like english and everything else and getting into i don't know this whole dream really taking off it was very hard it was really really hard it's like i came to school don't speak english no friends uh, uh, like in in the class, some people speaking to me, but I don't understand them. I can't reply to them. They they like losing interest in speaking to me. I understand this. Like uh, trying to learn English, like go to shop, can't explain what I want. I have to do hand gestures, Google Translate. It was very very dif- difficult. And uh, yeah, many like uh, uh, it's just me and my father here. So it's like I don't even have family here. Don't have nobody when I came over, and uh, it was very, very hard. I think sport. If sport, if I didn't go to sport, I would be doing like because I have like crazy boot, you know, like hot boot. I always like I have to. I want to stay active. No matter what I do, my education. I I didn't carry with my education because I didn't pass my English. So they put me like in, in college. Like, I did finish my school, you know, from year eight till, till till year eleven, and then when college, they put me like in some business studies and in why what business? My ears like broken, and I'm doing business, crazy guys. And I want to do sports, so I did two years in in, in college, and then I left. And uh, but whatever I do, I do like all the way. So I was I want to stay active. So if if I, I would get involved in the streets, you know, wrong path, like wrong circle, I'd probably be like in prison or somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where I'd be. So it's like good that sport took me. This was religion and sport changed me a lot. 
I wasn't like religious when I came over too much. Then I understand, start understanding, you know, this, you have to understand what you're living for, what you're living for. We're here for a short time. The time it flies and what's your final destination? Wow. And again, it's so sort of powerful. And the thing is, whenever you hear someone in your country with a different accent, you need to really appreciate what they've gone through to get there in the first place. And that is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I I can barely speak English, let alone <laughs> yeah. any other language. So for you to then come over at a young age, like I remember when I was at school, I didn't, wasn't that great at like other subjects, but mm-hmm. it didn't have the same effect. It didn't have the same value as... If I didn't learn my French or my Spanish, it didn't matter. Whereas mm-hmm. if you don't learn your English, you can't communicate, you can't build those friendships and everything else. So there's that. Yes. And it's think, mm-hmm. so important you found your sort of religious guidance with this because, again, staying away from the drugs and the alcohol and all that kind of stuff, I think that will mm-hmm. be a real reason why you've it helped go in the right direction. Because, again, if you're, you know, a bit lost and that's a quick fix without having that, I don't mm-hmm. know, that external thing of, don't do that. You should not allow that. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been a real cause for the wrong kind of situation. But no, there's a lot of respect for you. And that's why, you know, I really admire how far you've come from where you are. And again, there's a lot more to your story, I'd imagine. But again, it's mm-hmm. that's that's to come. That's, that's uh, the next episode, I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I yeah, it's, it's, it, I, I, I understand, you know, it's uh, one thing, you know, when someone coming over, people like uh, don't like, you know, uh, you know, like for example, local people. I understand this. I understand. Uh, I, I didn't receive my documents, passport for six years, but I represented this country. Like I couldn't leave this country. I couldn't travel basically for like six years. Imagine I got picked for like European World Championships. I missed so many tournaments, which I probably could have for like longer time. You know, I missed my like cadets, cadets uh, age, junior age in wrestling. I missed all this. Because I didn't have documents, and um, but I, I did a lot of for the, for this country. Of course, country did a lot of for me too. But uh, people, I understand why they don't like when someone coming over. It's like uh, some people, some people in people in UK receive the documents like in two months, in two months. Some people, some people get in like six years, ten years. But some people get in two months and don't feel of the like documents that you know like you can't work you can't get like driving license you can't get a job some people get like in two months these documents and then stay at home for like five years on benefits i understand this i'm, I'm against this I'm, I'm i'm against this you have to work hard don't matter where you where you where you live it's like this is a holiday country you're not coming here for holiday you have to grind don't matter where you are you have to grind you know it's uh no matter where this guy from, this guy English or this guy like uh, Asian guy or I don't know. If you don't grind, I don't respect this guy. Even if he's my, you know, like many friends I had, I have. I, I tell him, if you sleep till 12 again, don't speak to me. Like you sleep till 12, hey, what do you mean you sleep till 12? Get up, go for work. You got nothing to do, go do something. You cannot sleep till 12. It's like, you're wasting your life. You're wasting you so much things to do. Don't matter what guy, even my friends, if they don't listen to me next time, that's it. We have different path. That's that's my imagination. It definitely makes a lot of sense. That kind of 
living to actually live instead of living to you know just sort of coast around and not do anything and this is why i respect people who grind like you were saying there like it doesn't have to be mma it doesn't have to be fighting but if you're working towards something if you have a passion or some kind of ambition yes. that's so important mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be what i like <laughs> for me to respect it mm-hmm. i could you appreciate seeing someone else put the work in. it doesn't matter what it is if you can see someone getting put getting up on time and being disciplined that means a lot yes 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 even if you do like one pull-up in the park and come back and then go sleep it's okay but you wake up you you do something then you come back then go sleep not like don't sleep all night play computer and go sleep and sleep all day it's like there's so much things to do in this country you know if i don't do sport if i if i if i leave this sport i make so much connections like for example the, the prince of bahrain sponsoring me the, the you know like twins big clothing brand sponsoring me they sponsor ufc like people so many like so many charities you, you can do in this country so many it's like if i when i leave this sport i'm gonna get involved in all charities possible but now i have to concentrate for my ufc belt <laughs> yes yeah. yeah, so, yes yeah, shiny belt but don't forget one thing, uh, you don't take to your grave belts and medals, so you have to do charity, you know, to take your good discipline. And you have to build up the people around you, you have to, you know, help the people get there as well, and you have to... You 100%, know, 100%. They say it's a lonely sport, but you have to work with people, you have to build with these people, and again, like you said about your connections, it's not just the people who support you, it's the people you grow mm-hmm. with, it's the people that challenge you, like everyone who's beat me or I've beaten, They've been so valuable. And again, I think all the 23 yes. people you've beaten have been very valuable to you. And yes, they're all nice now. They're good like, friends like now. have to be a good friend. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll beat them again. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm more like Japanese guy. I really respect this guy. Really respect him. I really respect him. Yeah. yeah. It's all test. All test. It's like... Uh, you don't get these connections or you don't get this money for no reason. You get this to to see what you're going to do with these connections and what you're going to do with this money. God test this person what you're going to do. She give you extra. She give you like, like credit sometimes. She give you extra like what you, you don't like. You're going to spend this on the girls, alcohol, drugs, or you're going to help this charity. So it's your choice. It's like, yeah. It's so important. Now, I really appreciate you coming on, my friend. Where can people find you? Any social media. <laughs> I'm everywhere, you know, like uh, Muhammad Makaya. Whoever are going to watch this, they know about me probably. <laughs> hey, Mr. Worldwide, thank you very much. <laughs> Stay humble, friend. <laughs> Today's episode was brought to you by Mola MMA. Use code FCMMA20. At checkout, 20% off on all products on maulermma.com.